Hello, and my name is Peter Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners and professionals just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we're here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, frank and raw conversations. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how to manage drivers effectively. This can affect fleets of company car drivers or vans or even heavy goods vehicles and buses. However, I hope you get great value from it. It was a live I did recently on LinkedIn and Facebook and I brought it to the podcast. Hopefully you get some value from it, but if you need any further information, do get in touch. Hope you enjoy it. Um, apologies to those who went to tune in last week and uh, I uh, failed to make it because we had um, had some technical challenge. StreamYard is, uh, uh, wasn't my friend last week and uh, it was a bit of a bit of a challenge. So uh, welcome to um, this session, uh, which I was due to do last Wednesday. Uh, I'm actually on site at a client, so I've just taken 10 minutes out to bring this short live to you uh, on effectively managing driver compliance. So I've had some feedback from... Um, from some colleagues, which has been great, which I'll uh, I'll share with you as, as part of this session too. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Do drop some comments. Um, I've got the, I think I'm able to pick up some of the comments from StreamYard as they pop through, uh, so do share those. But uh, yeah, apologies for those who tuned in last week and uh, I, I weren't able to uh, join join the session. So um, one of the things that I wanted to, to talk about in today's session was Obviously, it can be really tricky managing driver compliance. Drivers are um, it's a, a particularly difficult role, and uh, the role of the transport manager. When uh, hi Martin, <laughs> uh, your comments come up, so yeah, good to see you, mate. Um, managing driver compliance can be a challenging thing because you can you can sort of become caught between uh, as a transport manager between between the, the business owner, um, the drivers themselves, and then obviously you are also responsible to. Uh, ensure that you uh, maintain compliance and uh, obviously the DVSA can catch up with you on that as well as the traffic commissioner too. So I just wanted to explore some of the things that we help clients with at flagship partners as part of effectively managing driver compliance and how we approach it. I'm also open to other suggestions so yeah do drop in Drop, drop a message and get in touch. Uh, my email address is there. This will only be a short live, for sort of 10, 15 minutes, although it's something I could genuinely go on about all day because um, I think it's really important to ensure that businesses and jobs are protected, drivers are protected, businesses are protected. So it's something that we all need to engage in as a, as a community and as a transport community. And it's, uh, it's important that we uh, share best practice and, um, you know, th- those things that we come across uh, that we can we can help people with. So, um, first of all, when when sort of uh, manager driver compliance, it all starts with sort of the interview process and the induction. So, first of all, as a business, do you have a fixed process that that involves recruiting drivers and how you interview them, and uh, and then from the job offer process, how that induction takes place, and do you have an effective induction process where? You get drivers' licences and you check their um, 
you know, their entitlements on there and whether there's any points and, and obviously going on to getting them insured. Um, does your insurance company stipulate uh, that you need to let them know if they're below a certain age or over a certain amount of points? And do you make sure that that process is followed on a regular basis? So that's something that a transport manager, I would expect in most roles, would need to ensure that they do and, and, and are part of the basics. Moving on from that, and, uh, you know, I'm aware of companies that may just go through the process. And this, this goes for all fleet drivers, not just for, for heavy goods vehicles or for buses, but also for, for vans and for, for grey uh, fleet as well, company car drivers. Is there a driving at work policy that's shared up front with your, with your team members and, and the, the work and road risk um, that's shared with them? But also, do you go through like a practical assessment process? Do you go through a process where you help support team members with uh, with making sure that they're, they're they're driving effectively and making sure that they're compliant now i would say that that's a really really vital part at the outset is making sure that drivers are competent and that you're happy with their with their driving ability because um you know you don't know how long they've passed their license for are they are they any good and and obviously how you land that with a driver is 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 integral too um because many people will take that as offense potentially if you want to get in the vehicle with them but if that's the standard you expect you set the bar high early and uh, i think that's a great thing to do so make sure you share policies make sure you share your handbook and then the second thing is driving vehicles can can cover a huge array of different stuff particularly goods vehicles from vans through to through to bigger vehicles as well and load safety is a really, really important part. If you speak to a, uh, to the DVSA, they will make it clear how vital it is to make sure that vehicles are loaded effectively and safely and that loads are secured. Now, every type of vehicle is different and how it's loaded is different too. So have you got a good induction process in your business for safe loading of vehicles and the process that you expect new starters to follow? Because genuinely just passing over the keys and telling them to crack on isn't, isn't sort of the best way to go uh, to try and prevent those things happening. And if you did have a situation where yeah, you had an unsafe load and, and, you, and you got picked up with that, then obviously if you've got a good process in place as well as a sign-off of a training process too, um, that can that can be uh, obviously go to protect the business itself from uh, from drivers who don't follow uh, don't follow the rules and don't don't ensure safety on the road. So um, that's a really important part of protecting yourself as an operator as well and, and as a transport manager. From an operational point of view, um, obviously there's a there's regulations around downloading drivers' taco cards and analysing drivers' hours as well as uh, data from the from the card as well as from the vehicle unit too. And the the minimums are 90 days for a vehicle a unit and 28 days for a driver's card. Now a lot of operators do that much more regularly so they can keep on top of it. Good practices once a week um, and and. Some companies may be there once every other week. Now, one of the things that does is that means that you can just keep on top of any challenges or, or what have you. Now, driver's hours is particularly complex. You know, as a CPC provider, um, we we carry out um, different assessments with drivers on, on driver's hours. And um, we get drivers who are very, very confident on, on driver's hours. Um, but actually, it turns out that they, they that there's a struggle where there's a short, slight shortfall in, in understanding. Now, they are particularly complex. It is particularly complex. And also, manual entries are particularly difficult as well. Many drivers struggle with those. They could have a really good understanding of driver's hours, but they struggle with manual entries. 
um, during our driver CPC training, we actually have software for, for Stoneridge um, and for VDO as well. And we're able to go through the manual entry process with drivers to make sure that they're comfortable with those. And, and that's a really, really important part of, uh, of training and making sure that drivers know that they need to keep a continuous record as well. So when you go to uh, download those, those vehicles and, and the car, you can do that manually or there, there's uh, software out there that can do it remotely for you as well. And we need to analyze those as well. So uh, there's lots of different software available. One of the ones that I find really good is Taco Master, but there, there's plenty of others. And we run an infringement report for the period of time um, that, that we're looking to assess for the driver. And we do make sure we go back a little bit further to make sure that we've covered maybe into the previous infringement letter period just to ensure that we've picked up and are regularly picking up any infringements that are picked up. Um, one of the other things that some operators do do really well, which is they, they, they pick up on infringements, but maybe they don't want it to work in time directive um, as well. So it's important to look at average weekly working periods um, to ensure that there's no one going over 60 hour working week and making sure that 48 hours is the average across whatever your reference period is, whether it's 17 or 26 weeks. Um, one of the other things that's really worth considering and, and must be looked at is missing mileage as well. Swift drivers uh, are popping their cards out uh, because they're going to reach uh, infringement level, but that, that's something that may happen. There's lots of different reasons um, that that may be the case, but obviously a vehicle when it moves uh, must have a card in it. Um, obviously that it may be that it's been in for service or something like that, but it'd be expected of you to ensure that you record that on, on a missing mileage report. So you do look at and analyze the missing mileage. It's really important to do that, but that does pick up any poor driver behavior and that helps you manage that proactively as well. Um, making sure when you do run infringement reports that you discuss any challenges with drivers and take it as a learning opportunity, as a development opportunity and as training, because sometimes stuff happens right and um if it's on an if it's an irregular occurrence and something specific has happened then it's important that the driver knows that they need to do a printout and sign and make sure they keep a copy and give a copy to you for your records and we understand why an infringement might have taken place on that occasion however it's managing the process when this continues to be um sort of a regular challenge over time and, and infringements continue to happen and understanding how you follow that recording process and that training process do you have a policy in place where if a driver has the same infringement three times for example in a short period of time what is that period of time is it a rolling three-month period and if you if, it, if there's a challenge for three three times on you know driving for 15 minutes over the four and a half hour rule for example how do you then manage manage that and escalate that into a disciplinary process I'm not saying it should be a disciplinary process straight away. That's absolutely not correct. Infringements are about learning. There's only so many drivers out there. And the best thing that we can do as transport managers and as vehicle operators is to work together to educate and inform. Um, you know, a lot of drivers relate pushing the hours to pushing productivity. But actually, the really productive drivers often don't have any infringements at all. They, uh, they really just work their hours well. So it's about that education process, but also understanding that there does need to be a formal escalation process. And it's no good, it's no good only escalating for some people and not for others. You need to make sure that it's a fair process that's followed for everyone. Okay, so moving on to um, just a quick drink of water there. Uh, moving on to vehicle check compliance. The other important role of the driver is around making sure that vehicles are safe for the road. Um, so how do you make sure that those vehicle checks are happening effectively? 
there's different ways of doing vehicle checks. Sometimes the paper format is preferred and sometimes there's digital ways via an app. Now, um, you can check that there's other work at the beginning of a shift. From a timekeeping point of view, how long should a walk-around check be? Well, this is something that's often debated, particularly in, uh, in, in my transport manager group on Facebook, and um, we, we discuss it regularly. Generally speaking, probably about 10 minutes to 15 minutes. It's not, it's not actually stipulated, to my knowledge. Do correct me if, if I'm wrong, but to my knowledge, it's not stipulated, but best practice might be 10 to 15 minutes. And often it may be more than once a day as well before use, but potentially during the day as well, particularly if you're on arduous work or off-road. So it's really, really important to ensure that you've got an expected process in place and stipulate how long you expect that to be. But it may be depend on the type of vehicle. It might be how many, how many drivers use it. Has it been used since you last used it? Or is it just you that uses the vehicle? What sort of mileage does it do? How arduous is the work? And, and start to think about how long it should take. Um, you can, a lot of the TACO software that you analyze on, you're able to do an internal infringement. So, for example, if you stipulate that the, the um, walk-around check should take 10 minutes, you're able to set that as a standard within your software, and that will actually raise an internal infringement that that other work's not taking place. Now, it's careful to make sure that actually the drivers are doing the walk-around check properly. So that's one way of highlighting if it's not being done properly or, or the time's not being taken doing it a lot of the apps actually measure how long the check is taken as well which is another way of doing it one of the really good processes that i find and particularly from an education point of view as well is gate checks are a really really good way of having a good conversation with a driver explaining to them as a transport manager or as a compliance and um, for the business why why it's so important that road uh, that the pre-use checks are carried out and doing it at the gate once it's done it gives that opportunity if you have that good conversation with the driver and help them to understand um why you know what why that process is so important and recording it's done so it gives you an opportunity to make sure that actually the recording process has been carried out but also that the vehicle's safe as well and you can walk around and have a good conversation because ultimately it's all about education and making sure that things are upheld to the standard that you, you choose. So I do really recommend, if it's not something you do at the moment, gate checks are a really good thing to do. Um, and it does give you an opportunity to have a good chat with the driver and to understand what their challenges are as well. Um, but uh, be careful not to take too long. Sometimes they might be on a, on, on, on a rush out anyway. Um, the third thing uh, around an effective process for, for managing driver compliance is around ongoing CPC. Now, historically, the CPC process has followed this five-year process, 2019, September 2019, September 2024. But what, we, what I'm seeing increasingly is many more drivers that are expiring in between that five-year period now as more and more drivers are coming into the talent pool that have passed at, at various times and weren't entitled to the CPC initially, and they've passed at various times. So it's becoming increasingly important to manage CPC well. On top of that, uh, the DVSA and Jarrett stipulated the drivers aren't able to continually take the same cpc course again which i think is fantastic and is absolutely correct as an independent driver cpc center we're consistently looking for new courses to be able to add um, and different ways that we can engage drivers in in training that's really worthwhile for them and that they'll get value out of um, i was speaking to a collision investigator yesterday about potentially creating a half-day cpc course to add to our modular course around what to do in the event of an accident, what information is required, what process will be followed, what to expect, 
And by the benefit of, of training those things, drivers who've never had that happen to them, they get to know what that process may be, what to look out for, but also from an insurance point of view, what would be required as well, because that is very, very important to gather the evidence early doors um, to, to, to ensure that there's there's an effective uh, response following the collision. So going back to a CPC, it's, it's important to have that as, a, as an ongoing basis now. One of the suggestions and something I've been looking at with our clients is about implementing a training matrix. So you have a proactive approach where year one, we'll, we'll cover these training course, this training course, and year two, we'll cover that. Year three, we'll cover that. And actually, the stipulation has been around making sure that drivers don't retake courses in a short period of time. I think it could be perfectly justifiable that if as part of a role a driver needs to have first aid, which is a three-year qualification, then actually they may be able to do that every three years as part of their CPC because it's part of a proactive plan that involves their role. Another one might be driver's hours, for example, particularly if there's been a change or particularly if a specific driver is having a challenge with infringements. Um, I think it could be more than justifiable from a proactive point of view to make sure that uh, the, the CPC covers driver's hours potentially more than once in the five to five year period. I stand to be corrected. Um, if if that isn't the approved way, but I believe that from a transport manager's point of view, I think five years for drivers hours is a long time, and potentially drivers might forget, um, or you know they might not have retained all of that knowledge over that time, particularly if they continue to have infringement. So I'd see that as a as a good use of the driver CPC. So, but it all comes down to being proactive and making sure that that training plan's in place. It might include working at high and manual handling, as well as other safe health and safety elements. It could be that we can develop an induction process for your business that we can actually register as part of the CPC and do it on a one-to-one -one basis. There's lots of different ways, particularly as an independent CPC centre, we're able to create courses that are effective and that really fit your business because that's a really important part of what CPC, I believe, was designed for. It's not just about this cookie-cutter um, sausage factory effect of, of CPC. Finally, um, was a, the, the final thing that I wanted to raise was around auditing of documentation. So it's all well and good having an induction process in place, uh, making sure that operationally you're sound, and then making sure that vehicles are being checked properly and making sure that driver's hours are being checked properly. The final thing sort of comes down to auditing that process, making sure that licenses are checked on a regular basis. Do, do all of the drivers go through the process? Have they all had the training that's necessary? Having a regular spot check and having a regular audit can really help to affect that as well. Um, and, and obviously having the good effective processes in place will um, go towards if you ever look to do fours or earn recognition as an operator, whether you want to get into the green OCRS score, all of those things are things that we can help with, but these processes will help you to achieve that, help you to reduce accidents, um, induce, reduce your insurance costs as well. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, make sure that there's a process for regularly auditing of your documentation as well. If anyone's got any questions or anything, do feel free to uh, drop me an email. Uh, my email address is at the bottom, but I hope this has been useful and uh, I hope you've got value out of it. Thank you. really hope you loved today's episode and if you did please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too please do share it across your social media channels we hope to reach more and help more people if you want to find out more about me my name's pete rushmer you'll find me across any social media channel and my business flagship partners and we're your partners in success across your business 
Thank you. See you again soon.